Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host and they are the ones in the captain's chair and they are behind the wheel. So they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here, here at His Hard Line for episode 436. It is Sunday, February 5th, 2023. And today we are going to be doing a reading out of Isaiah chapter 65 with a little bit of commentary. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. I hope everybody's having an enjoyable weekend so far and your Sunday has been treating you well. And it's been kind of a little, hopefully a little bit warm wherever you're at in the world. Um, it's kind of been raising our temperatures around here have been kind of raising. We've been getting 37, 38 degrees. I've been hearing something to the tune that we were going to see like low to mid 40s and some rain. So that'd be nice. Kind of get rid of some of this snow. Um, not gonna lie. I'm kind of ready for spring already. So, uh, this cold is for the birds as they say, and I don't want to be any part of it. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. I hope everybody is doing well and everyone's healthy and, and, uh, you know, vertical as I say. So what we are going to be doing, we're going to be doing the reading. I'm going to be reading out of the new American Bible revised edition. Cause like I said, I bounced back and forth between that and the NESB. And, um, and then we'll close it out with a prayer and then we will continue on the other side with the next show. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue on with the conversation. So let's get right into the reading. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, ah, oh, back to Oscar. Yeah. Cause I texted, I messaged him on the board here. Um, if he got my text, um, yet yeah, I got your number. I thought I got your number properly and I saved it my phone. So Maybe at the end of this show, put it down again so I can save it properly. So I thought I had it on here because I sent you a text since I couldn't call you. So try that again later at the end of the show, Oscar. I'll make sure I cross-reference and make sure that the, the number is correct. Um, dang, zero in Michigan. You serious? It was 50s down there in southeast Michigan? Oh, you're on the other side of the state. Well, that would make sense. Okay, yeah, we were still here. We, we were getting about 36, 37 still, 38 in some areas. But, man, 50s, that's nice. So... Okay, real quick, before I actually start the show, I want to make sure I have this number in here properly. Real quick here. Sorry, guys, especially if you're listening on the download side, you're probably like, what are you doing? Let me see here. Okay. Ah, that's why I went wrong. I got a digit wrong. Instead of 314, I did 313. Oh, fat finger moment. Everything else was correct. Okay. All right. Okay, hold on a second. I'm hearing knocks at my door. Hold on one second, guys. Hold the phone for a second. I'm just going to play a little beat real quick. Hold on. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that. So, uh, yeah, my, do my daughter had to make sure she told me that the movie was over. Um <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. All right. Um, man, you guys are just bragging. Oscar's saying it was 60-something down there in Missouri. All right, you guys are just no fun. You guys got to stop that. It's still a little chilly up here. But then again, it could be worse. We could be destry in the great, you know, north of Alaska. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get right into the reading, all right? All right. So, again, I'm reading out of the New American Bible today. Um, like I said, bounce back and forth from the NABRE to the NASB 95. And, uh, and then we'll get into the commentary. So it reads, and this one's actually a little bit longer than the other ones. This one's about 20, yeah, 25 verses. And it reads, 
I was ready to respond to those who did not ask, to be found by those who did not seek me. And I said, here I am, here I am. To a nation that did not invoke my name, I have stretched out my hands all day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own designs. A people who provoke my continually, excuse me, a people who provoke me continually, offering sacrifice in gardens and burning incense on bricks, sitting in tombs and spending the night in caves, eating the flesh of pigs with broth and of unclean meat in their dishes crying out, hold back, do not come near me, lest I render you holy. These things are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day. See, it stands written before me. I will not remain quiet until I have repaid in full your crimes and the crimes of your ancestors as well, says the Lord. Since they burned incense on the mountains and insulted me on the hills, I will at once pour out in full measure their recompense into their lap. Thus says the Lord, as when the juice is pressed from a cluster and someone says, do not destroy it for there is still good in it. So will I do for the sake of my servants. I will not destroy them from Jacob. I will bring forth offspring from Judah, those who are to possess my mountains. My chosen ones shall possess the land. My servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for the flocks. The valley of the valley of uh hmm acre accor I want to say archer it's spelled A C H O R forgive me folks the valley of accor a resting place for the cattle for the people who have sought me but you who forsake the Lord who forgot my holy mountain who spread a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny you will. You I will destine for the sword, and you all bow down for slaughter, because I called and you did not answer. I spoke and you did not listen, but did what is evil in my sight, and things I do not delight in you, you chose. Therefore thus says the Lord God, my servant shall eat, but you shall go hungry. My servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. My servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. My servants shall shout for joy of heart, but you shall out of grief of heart and howl for anguish of spirit. You will leave your name for a curse to my chosen ones when the Lord God slays you and calls his servants by another name. Whoever invokes a blessing in the land shall bless by the God of truth. Whoever takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth. And for the hardships of the past shall be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. See that I am creating new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered nor come to mind. Instead, shout for joy and be glad forever in what I am creating. Indeed, I am creating Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and exult in my people. No longer shall the sound of weeping be heard there, or the sound of crying. No longer shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, nor anyone who does not live a full lifetime. One who dies at a hundred years shall be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred shall be thought accursed. They shall build houses and live in them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruits. 
They shall not build and others live there. They shall not plant and others eat. As the years of a tree, so the years of my people. And my chosen ones shall long enjoy the works of their hands. They shall not toil in vain, nor beget children who, for sudden destruction, for they shall be a people blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall pasture together, and the lion shall eat hay like the ox. But the serpent's food shall be dust. None shall harm or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Amen. Lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. So, verse by verse. So, well, first off, I guess before we get into that, it almost kind of sounds like what we're seeing here, what we're reading, is almost kind of like a description of heaven. Especially toward the end there, right? You know, and we wonder what would heaven be like? Like we can only imagine. And I'm sure what we imagine is probably nowhere even near what God actually has in store for us. You know, people have these crazy thoughts of, you know, people sitting on a cloud, you know, playing a harp like you see depicted on TV. Like that's just stupid. You know, um, the term heaven seems to be a very loose term at Christian Jews, right? The final destination of the believer, right? It's, but it's not a place in heaven, right? The heavens are the sky and it starts in space and, you know, God's dwelling place above the universe. But like right now, the Christian has a seat in the heaven, you know, in the heavenly, uh, you know, through Jesus. Because that's what he's preparing for us. And those who die are with Christ. Yet they are merely just there waiting for, you know, redemption of their bodies. But when God resurrects the believer's body, he will also give them a new home called New Jerusalem. And we can see that referenced in Revelation 21, verse 2. See, God's plan, as Isaiah 65 reveals, is that it's to return creation back to an Eden-like condition, right? Like back to the Garden of Eden. How great would that be? So, I mean, if you kind of want to know what heaven would actually be like, go back to the book of Genesis. I mean, if we're going back kind of to like a new Eden, right? An Eden-like condition, I imagine it'd be like the Garden of Eden, you know, because God had fellowship with man. Man had no knowledge of wickedness. Man was commissioned by God to rule and tend over the earth, and man was surrounded by that which was good, and there was no death. And even so, you know, will these same attribute, you know, attributes be found in the eternal resting place of the saints? God's people will never die. They'll be free from all sin and have dominion. Very important. They'll have dominion over the whole entire earth and be surrounded by untold beauty and have the blessing of work. So as we break this down verse by verse, verses one, what's saying there is that God is saying that those were not in though. Those that were not in a covenant with him, like the Gentiles, will seek him, and in response, he will show himself to them. Now, in verses 2 through 5, God has turned his attention to the Gentiles because of the iniquities of Israel. And the Jews were to be a vessel through which God reaches the entire world. But since they have spurned him for idolatry, you know, God has had to deal directly with the Gentiles. And so the iniquities of the Jews were, were the following. Idolatry, which was sacrificing in the garden. Defilement, 
which would be, you know, being around the dead and eating swine. And then the other thing would be pride, which is, you know, holier than thou attitude kind of mentality, right? And so these offenses are like an irritating smoke constantly in front of God. And imagine him sitting on his throne and having to constantly stream off the smoke of his, blow, you know, by, you know, smoke blowing in his face. So as we look at verses six and seven, surely God will avenge himself of idolatry. The Jews of Isaiah's day blaspheme God by treating him like any other God. They think that they can offer him some sacrifices to appease him. And then they go about their business as they please, right? Like, ah, oh, we'll do this and it'll get, it'll get Father God off our backs for a, a minute. No. Because what they fail to recognize is that God is sovereign over all things, over everything. And by treating him as a petty person who will be satisfied if they just scratch his back every once in a while, it's not going to work out. And despite all their sins, God sees that good might come from Israel, and so he does not destroy it completely. Now, as we look at verses 9 and 10, the seed out of Jacob is in reference to Christ. And so the elect and the servants refer to the saints who accept Christ, and they are the ones who will, with Christ, inherit God's kingdom. Now, Sharon is a coastal plain that covers the majority of Israel's western border. It stretches from Mount Carmel in the north to the Yarkon River in the south, and it also lies just on the western side of the hills that border Jerusalem. And so as the valley is so vast, God is saying that the whole western side of Israel will be blessed. Now, our, Akor, I believe, hopefully I'm not mispronouncing that, you know, incorrectly or anything like that, but um, Akor is a valley near Jericho. It is the place where um, Achan committed a trespass by taking the goods of Jericho when God had commanded that everything be burnt. It is therefore known as the place of sin, right? And God decreed that even though it is a place of death and condemnation, it will become a place for feeding and resting. So Achor also lies in the east to the east of Jerusalem. So God is saying that the west and the east of Israel will be blessed. So as we kind of break down verse 11, this verse is insulting to the Jew because God is saying that those who don't have a law and all the privileges of the covenant obeying God, while the Jew who has these privileges is disobedient, God means that the statement to be awake, a wake-up call to the Jews. But rather than acknowledging the truth that they are insulted by and reject the words of the prophet, believing themselves holier than thou, they will, well, not listen to the truth. And so you can compare that with Romans 2, verse 14. So willfully rejecting the ordinances of God, Israel must pay the consequences for the sin. Rightfully so. So having the law the knowledge of God and the physical presence of God, they can in no way claim ignorance. At the end of the day, God literally spoke to them from Mount Sinai and through his prophets, but they chose not to listen anyways. Hmm. Kind of almost sounds very rhymish to what we see, you know, today. So therefore God will give full power to the Jews enemy to overpower and destroy them. 
whatever they have will not satisfy. So they will have to watch as others are fed and provided for by God and sit ashamed knowing that they have walked away from God's blessing. Their fate is juxtaposed to the servant of God, whether Jew or Gentile, who will be under God's divine protection. And so verse 15, rather than being called a Jew when one is saved, one is called the redeemed of Christ. The Jews lost a privilege to be the head of God's people. So God has turned to the Gentiles to deal with them directly rather than going through Israel to bring all of the world to repentance. Now that is the believer belongs to the church as Christ's bride and not to the nation Israel as God's wife. Excuse me. So if anyone is to think of himself as good or happy, he will do so only through God. As we look at verse 16, it is God who establishes and preserves life. The earth and all of its troubles will pass away and only those who belong to God will be blessed in eternity. So for verse 17, God's final blessing for his servants is to live in a new creation where there will be no more sorrow no more death or sin. Now, if this former life was to be remembered, one might be saddened by the memory of this life that we're currently in and be sad for those who did not make it as servants of God. God is removing all the sadness so completely that he will even take his servant's memory of it. So there won't be any more tears. And in that time, God will rejoice over his people and his people will rejoice over him, seeing as sorrow will have passed away. Wouldn't that be great? No more sadness, no more, no more anxiety. That'd be great, right? And so as we look at verse 20, 21, basically 20 through 25, This verse, specifically verse 20, this verse is oddly out of place. For death will have no part in the new creation nor the millennial reign. What does it say in verse 20? Let's let's go back to it for a second. It says, no longer shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, nor anyone who does not live a full lifetime, One who dies at a hundred years shall be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred shall be thought accursed. Now, I wonder what the NASB verse 20 says. This one says, no longer will there be an infant. It's the same thing. Who lives only a few days, or an old person who does not live out of his days, for the youth will die at the age of around a hundred. And the one who does not reach the age of a hundred will be thought accursed. So it's basically the same, almost same words. But yeah, it definitely it definitely seems out of place because this must be, therefore, like I said, a reference. It refers to the previous state in which human life will be prolonged to the point that, you know, anyone who dies at a age 100 will be regarded as a child, right? A hundred or younger. And that both the infant of days and the old man that hath not filled his days means that humans will be living long, full lives. There'll be no more death at 55 or 65 or even 75 or 85. Like you'll, you know, you'll live past a a whole century and more. 
And so as we look at verses 21 through 25, God provides a description of life in the new heavens and new earth. So while God has turned over the labor of man's hands to his enemies, in the new creation, one will be free to pursue whatever work one desires without worrying about interference from anyone. Wouldn't that be just amazing? I long to live in a world like that. I know you guys do too. And it's noteworthy to, to point out that that God is not describing a place of rest from physical labor, but a, a, a rest from trouble and destruction. In the new creation, man will be building and farming, etc., which is fine by me. Look, I don't need a place to go have a resting place and sit by the beach for you know all eternity. No. I like work. I think work is a very beautiful blessing because it gives you things that you create, right? Creation's good. But not at the expense of, you know, feeling like an oppressed slave for somebody else's profits, right? That sucks, if I may say so. And so God promises to be near to man in this new earth, in the new heaven, right? He will be so intent on pleasing man that man will not even have to finish his request before God will respond. So, you know, this is reminiscent of the fellowship that man had with God in the Garden of Eden when God interacted with and, and hearkened to man. Also, it's reminiscent of the Garden of Eden is that there will be no dangerous animals. Even the hunters will be vegetarians. And this demonstrates that death and the fear, fear of physical harm will have passed away. Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Seriously. I mean, because if you look at the last few verses, I mean, this is what kind of got me, where it says, especially in 23, 24, and 25, where it says, they shall not toil in vain, nor beget children for sudden destruction. For they shall be a people blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are speaking, while they are yet speaking, I will hear. He will already hear what we need to say before we're even done speaking. And that last verse where it says, The wolf and the lamb shall pasture together, and the lion shall eat hay like the ox. But the serpent's food shall be dust. None shall harm or destroy on all of my holy mountain, says the Lord. Man, would that be great? Wouldn't that be great? That would be amazing. So anyway, we're going to close out this show with a prayer, and then we'll return on the other side for the next part of the conversation. So let's close us out. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for myself, but for the people here in this community, for our families, our children, our spouses. Thank you for the lessons in this great book that we call Isaiah. We look forward to continually digging into your Bible and learning your lessons. Thank you so very much for all the many blessings that you bring to us, things that we often overlook, like electricity and running water in our home, clothing. We thank you for the food in our cabinets and our refrigerator and, and, 
and running water, even though some of it might be poisoned by the municipalities that treat our water. But we thank you for these conveniences as they it's still cleaner than most of the world. We thank you for all that you do for us. And we just pray that we can continuously get back to the old ways of doing things, gardening, getting back to just old traditional ways of doing things and, and be less reliant on technology. Back to using our hands and, and manual tools. So we just pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for today. And we will come back here in just a minute or two for the other part of the conversation after this quick short break. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. If I don't see you on the other side, have a good night or a good day wherever you're at in the world. And those who are sticking around, we'll see you on the other side. Thank <laughs> you.